Hey everyone, it's your boy Peter. I'm here alone this time because we actually couldn't record an episode for this week. A number of things happening. But because in the past couple of months there have been a couple of instances where I haven't uploaded, I thought I, I need to stick on the ball, I need to stick with it. So I'm bringing you guys a re-upload, it's not a new episode, but it's one of our favourite ones. It's one from uh, last year, No Shortcuts to Heaven. And I think the reason I'm using that particular one, probably even as a message to myself, is it was an episode about diligence and about hard work and about st- staying true to your course. So probably as just a message to myself, I need to keep on with the uploads and that's what I will do. Uh, even when we don't record, if I can't find anyone else to record with and if I can't find something to fill it up, and, and not not to fill it up, but something that is of, of value, I will at least bring a re-upload or I will do something like this, where it's just me and the mic feeling like Eminem back in 8 Mile. I was trying to rhyme that, but I'm not an MC, evidently. Um, but I do hope that you, as always, that, that you do take something from it. I hope it blesses you in some way, means or form. If you have listened to it before, give it another listen. If you haven't, um, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, and hopefully it blesses you just as much as even just going through it right now. It's blessed me and reminded me of a few things. Alright, here's the episode. No shortcuts to heaven. Dookin! Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Blacksmith's Furnace. I'm Robert. I'm Peter. I'm Mo. This is the Blacksmith's Furnace. I said that already. But yeah. So we're going to switch up a bit this week. Seeing as we three are poets, mm. or we have poetical ability. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's going to recite, recite a poem for you this week. Yeah. And to make it fair, we've decided that it'll be the most recent poem. Each of us has written that has performed performed to at least two people, not including spouses, other halves. Da, 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 da. So this piece is called Dedos. Right, let's think it's Dedos. It's a Spanish word. So apologies to my Spanish listeners. You guys were amazing still. Anyway. <laughs> there was something about the way she ran her fingers through her hair as we sat behind her piano. It was the absent-minded way she did it. Almost like she was completely unaware of what she was doing. Maybe she was unaware. Her attention was divided between the glass of wine in her hand and the black and white keys that were now under the fingers of her right hand. She began to play a simple melody, delicately pressing keys in the same way she would a lover's body. As she played, I did my best to accompany her. Trying to keep up, she glided along the ivory dance floor. This was a waltz that she was leading. The way she played, it was almost like she didn't decide what note would come next until she actually played it. There was no method to her madness. I'd never seen the side of her before. This girl who usually played exactly whatever was written in front of her with such pinpoint accuracy was now playing with a freedom I'd never heard. She placed a half-full glass on top of the piano next to mine before tucking her hair beneath her ear, revealing a few strands of white. She was barely 22. I guess this was nature's way of telling the world that she was an old soul trapped in a young body. From the little she told me about herself, it was clear she'd had to grow up fast. Her free hand then joined the two already occupied the piano and we continued playing. 
she couldn't hold her liquor to save her life. Playing alongside her made it quite evident that alcohol really does bring out the true you because her personality gushed out in every note she played. Her right hand told the story of a girl who was childfully, childishly playful whilst her left created chords as complex as she was. The way she confidently played wrong notes made it clear that she, was, she wouldn't be afraid to make mistakes in this lifetime or the next. Some passages raced ahead whilst others were played so slowly you'd think they were grinding to a halt. She'd never live her life at anyone's temple except her own. I'd learned more about her whilst we sat behind that piano than I had through the conversations that we'd had. Music really was a universal language. But sometimes music was better at being words than words were. I guess we could... I wish we could have stayed behind that piano and talked forever. I wanted to discover which one of these keys unlocked this side of her that only came out when she was behind these keys. I sat there and wondered if the real me wasn't sure whilst we played together. As we neared the end of the piece, our fingers danced closer and closer together. Just as they were about to cross, her hand raised off the keys and she ran her fingers through her hair again. There was something about the way she ran her fingers through her hair as we sat behind the piano. It was the absent mind the way she did it. Almost like she was completely unaware of what she was doing. It made me want to run my fingers through her hair too. So I did. Kind of. With my free hand, I tucked her hair beneath, behind her ear, revealing a few strands of white. She was barely 22. I guess this was nature's way of telling the world that she was an old soul inside an old, an old soul inside a young body. Before I realised what I was doing, that white lock of hair was wrapped around my finger. Part of me wanted to stay by her side and watch her, her outside catch up with her inside until all her hair was white. I saw this was happening, she didn't stop playing. She didn't even slow down. She just kept playing, smiling at the black and white keys like she and the piano shared some fun memory. Maybe she'll share it with me one day. But not that night. That night, our hands would dance a wine-infused waltz over white and black keys. Her wine glasses would sit together on top of her piano, a red lipstick smudge on hers, and the stars would wish upon each other that our fingers would never stop.
just baked with different glazes and displayed on different shelves. That's it. Chase. That depth right there. I was still trying to catch up. Like, <laughs> that, was a, that was a Black History Month thing you said uh, yeah, from last for, time. Yeah, for, the, for my wedding. Um, anniversary. Two years anniversary. Just, just yes. so, yeah. Don't know. Alright, um, my one's called The First and The Last. Chase, I know what this is going to be about. about. I know what this is going to be about. Yeah, I I will not say her name. Let me work, let me work. (laughs) In the moments before his lips ever lied, before his tongue ever tried twisting truth, before his teeth tore through forbidden fruit, before Adam realised he'd bitten off much more than he could chew, having ignored God's advice and taken up the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam sets us an example. And one so supremely significant, even the Son of God would follow suit. When asked to choose between his life and having to lose, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, this was a test that the teacher had not prepared him for. Yet Genesis chapter 3 makes clear as day, there was no debate. In verse 6 she gave to her husband who was with her and he also ate. You see, Adam knew. If anything, Eve had second-hand information, so she's allowed to be confused, but Adam knew this to be true, that this fruit would kill. Yet he ate it still. Having named all the beasts and finding no partner for he, Adam saw the good thing he had found, and like the parable told by Christ of the man who saw treasure in the ground, Adam would throw his very life away. If that was the cost of staying with Bay. I've noticed marriage is such an important tool for God. I see that with it, he displays his most precious thoughts like, though he made us in his his image, he saves his ability to create life, to be displayed with man and his wife consummate their marriage. And he chooses to paint a picture of Christ's love for his bride through a man loving his wife. So I imagine a scene back in the garden, much like it must have been back in the garden of Gethsemane, of a man faced with the weight of a dying bride. I imagine like Christ, Adam too must have cried, knowing Eve had taken of the fruit, knowing Eve would soon be ruined. And I think he took that bite, choosing not to let his bride die alone, as Christ took up a cross and took our sins and made them his own. And by that, the two Adams of note in the Bible come full circle. By the first, sin entered the world. By the last, grace came unto us. So Adam's son, much like Christmas Eve's smile should be the gift you look forward to waking up to. And Eve's daughter, where you're his queen, make sure your man feels like a king too. And where he's the head, you are the ribs, protecting what things are vital. His lungs, that he might breathe. His heart, that he might love you. <laughs> Alright, so now you've heard a little bit of what each of us can do. It's time for the question that every poet, we spoke about artists, every creative hates. Do you guys think you are good poets? I'll put that to Mo first. Rock! Love okay. It. Love it. <laughs> okay. Um, firstly, <coughs> I don't 
see myself as a poet. And so it begins. <laughs> Obviously. And the reason I say that... Wait, oh, that's how every poet starts that <laughs> they ask someone to ask this question. No, nah, nah, some people are just like, yeah, I'm a poet and I know it. And I'm going to show it. <laughs> you know what I want to say? But, but, but like, I genuinely don't see myself as a poet. I see poetry as a medium I use to express myself. Mm-hmm. And I am not... I can't, I, I won't define myself or limit myself to a medium I express myself through. Okay. Okay. Alright. All right. So, so what do you call yourself then? I'm just me. Hmm. I've realised that trying to get, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. No, I do these things, but that's not me. Yeah. That's an expression of me. No, that's not me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So like, I take photographs. But I am not simply a photographer because I am more than just a photographer. All these different elements kind of display my personality and who I am. But I'm not confined to them. If I'm not able to take photo- take pictures, I'll still be me. But just some area of my creativity has just been restricted. Oh, that stream of thinking. Would you say that... Okay, then would you not say that you're... Not a Christian, then. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't say that you're a photographer, even though... A Christian? My faith is now the foundation of my life. So that's different. It's not an expression of who I am. It's the totality of who I am, because everything that I am is birthed from that relationship with God. That's right. It stems from that. Mm. So who I am doesn't stem from photography. Mm. I don't find my identity in photography I find my identity in Christ mm. so I will associate myself with being a Christian irrespective of the notions or the ideas that people may have about Christians I know that that's where my identity stems from mm. and that's why I won't <clears throat> I'm reluctant to associate my identity with any one activity because mm. as soon as I start doing that I start to become bound and have a sort of loyalty to that activity rather than to my creator. Mm. He's created me to be creative. Now, my creativity might come out through karate. It may come out through photography, poetry, studying, being able to just write. But that's not who I... That's not... Um, I am not creative. It's an expression of myself. Mm. And, yeah... So that's why I won't classify myself as a poet. Now, in terms of being a good poet, because I don't classify myself as a poet, I won't classify myself as a good poet. I'll classify myself as striving to improve on my expression of poetry. So whether or not I am good, I don't really focus on that. I try to always work diligently and to produce something that I'm satisfied with. So would you say that you're? So would you say that you write good poetry then? I'm not satisfied with all my pieces. Mm. That answer the question. It, that's that's that is the answer. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with all my all my pieces. Now I can write a piece, and someone say that's dope, but I'm like I'm not really satisfied with this, so I'm going to go back and edit it. I've only recently started editing my work. And for me, it's, it's not a case of attaining some level or some place where I'm like, yeah, I'm good now. For me, it's about 
continually honing the craft. Mm. Conti- it's like a sculpture, continually chipping away bit by bit. Because even in my blog, I look at the blog and I'm like, oh, yeah, it looks good. But I go back on it and I'm like, hmm, I want to tweak just this little thing. So I'll tweak it again. And then I'll kind of look at it. So from yesterday when I showed you the blog and you said it's good, I've tweaked little things on it. And it's, it's kind of like the same with my creativity. So I've reached a certain level in photography and in poetry, but I'm constantly just trying to work at it and tweak it and stuff like that. So I feel I feel like I've get, I've attained a certain level of proficiency in that medium, but I still want to tweak it. So I don't necessarily see myself as a good poet, bad poet, this and that. I just want to improve. Okay. 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 Sorry. No, ask. Ask. Okay, I was just gonna ask. What would you say that your the best poem you ever wrote was? If you had to say this is the best poem I wrote. That's an interesting question. I wouldn't say it's the best poem I've ever wrote, but I'll say it encapsulates what I want to convey the best, which would be finger snaps. And you wouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing is, I don't think it's particularly amazing, but I feel it gives the message that I want conveyed throughout each piece, whether explicitly or implied, I want that message in each of my pieces. Mm. But I'm learning again not to impose restrictions on my work, so my work has to mention Jesus. Releasing that um, restriction allows me to be a lot more creative. Not saying that associating your faith to something restricts your your creativity, but it does limit what you can say within it to a degree. Mm. But removing that, at least mentally allows you to be more natural and to draw, for me anyways, allows me to be more natural and to draw attention to God in a more natural manner rather than trying to purposefully imply things in places where they might not necessarily be there. Mm. What was your question? Well, I was actually, because I know that you're going to throw it to me next, so I was just going <laughs> to preempt that <clears throat> with asking you, Robert, do you consider yourself a good poet? Jeez. Jeez. Sniper shots. Trust me. Alright. Um, do I consider myself a good poet? Yes. Nice. But I don't think I even write poetry anymore. Like, like the piece I recited, that was more a story, a story mm-hmm. than an actual poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. When I did write poetry, I wrote pretty good poetry, it must be said. And can I, can I ask you then? What do you think? What 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 constitutes good poetry for you? To me, um, I think it's different depending on the person. Yeah. So with me, I don't write poetry for myself. I write poetry for the enjoyment of my audience. Yeah. So it's a, so like I know a lot of people say that when they write poetry, it's like a release for them. Help them get stuff off there. Mm-hmm. The da, 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 da. I don't really write poetry with that. When I write, it's more to entertain my audience. Yeah. Yeah. So, like with me, I feel like two of my spiritual gifts are giving and is it being a servant. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like through this art of poetry and spoken word, I do that mm. by giving 
the listeners or the readers something that they will enjoy. It doesn't always have to be something happy or nice. It can be something that makes them think. But I want to be able to touch something within them and make them think about something in like a, a different way. Mm. So like if you look at my, if you call it Christian poetry, <laughs> it's not that. He had quotation marks when he said Christian. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's not your conventional kind, is it? Mm. I think. Oh, so I've written about a guy going to the church into a church with a gun. I've written a couple pieces about rape. Mm. Um, I've written a piece about a pastor being a sex addict. And, Ranch. <laughs> Ranch. and then he meets two chains when he goes for therapy. That's a great piece. <laughs> yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, so yeah, I've never been a fan of like conventional Christian poetry, so I mm. try not to write conventional Christian poetry. I'm gonna ask two questions. The first is, do you think anyone can get poetry, or do you think like a certain type of person has to get it? I think what do you mean? Some people are put off by the the word poetry and so they're like, Yeah, I don't really get poetry, I don't get all that Shakespeare stuff or you know, that's 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 the that's the mentality they come to poetry with it. Do you think that's valid? It's a certain type of person that gets poetry, or do you think anyone can get it? I think poetry is too broad a term for you not to get poetry. Okay. It's kinda of like saying you don't like music. Mm. Some people don't like music. No, I think people will like will not like certain genres of music, of music but okay. you, you can't dislike music as a whole mm. I think it's it's impossible mm. unless you're deaf of course then it's and understandable but like that deaf people can enjoy yeah, music like, yeah you, you, it's not that you don't enjoy it you've never been exposed to it but mm. if you're sitting beside speakers that are vibrating you, you'll feel it yeah so I guess there's something even about you know birds chirping in the zoom mm. that we appreciate now you can say okay this is it's nature it's it's, you can appreciate it. You can appreciate the sound of the sea in the, in the, in the shell or stuff like that. So, I get I get what you mean, and that makes it. The other question that I was going to ask quickly was, you said you don't like the traditional sense of Christian Jeez, poetry. I'm get in trouble. <laughs> what what does that what does that constitute? Um, what is, eyes are on him right now? What is Christian poetry? The one that you don't like. <laughs> I think okay. Let me let me try and be politically correct. Drop, he's gonna drop a aluminio type bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! Okay, let's do this. Okay, so Christian poetry, I'd say about seventy-five, eighty percent of it is quite wishy-washy. How you say wishy-washy? Like, there's hardly any substance to it. Mm. Even though they're, they're like talking about about gospel-related things, mm. they're not really saying anything. Mm. It's like the, the format is like I've sinned, I've been saved, and that's basically that's that's like what most of the Christian mm. poetry scene is, mm. and I feel like it's not even done in a way that makes it interesting. Mm. And I've cracked the formula to write good Christian or good Christian poetry. You just have to you have to use the words say God say Jesus. I mentioned sin, salvation. Right. Throw in an innuendo in there somewhere, yeah? Don't mm. get guessed. Christians like a good innuendo, mm. in the, even in Christian poetry. Mm. They, they, they love that. And then have, have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very rare you find a Christian piece that doesn't end happily. Mm. 
So yeah, I think in the Christian scene, it's become very much a formulated thing mm. of how to how to write a how to write a piece, mm. and if you deviate from that, I don't know. It's almost frowned upon. Yeah, you see, I think uh, I know you're going to say something, so I'll move. To, I'll let you say that in a second. But I think up until recently, Christian art in and of itself. Um, has been wishy-washy has been wishy-washy <laughs> like there hasn't been much in terms of like it's it's you know I remember when I was younger and we're doing a choreography for a church and it's like to in at the back of my mind I want this to be perfect like the whole reason I started dance was because of movies like You Got Served and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I want it to be perfect I want us to have everything on point but you got people come into rehearsal and they don't really care and then at the back of my mind, I remember thinking, it's church. Whatever we do, they're going to clap for us. Yeah. Whatever we do, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, God bless you. Well done. Keep going. So it's like, on D-Day, if it's... Whereas now, on the day of the thing, if it's not up to par, we won't do it. Um, back then, I was just like, yeah, I know that this is not really the best, but, you know, let's go and do it anyway. Mm. You know? And I think I saw that around me with Christian art and I saw mm. that around me in the type of songs we sing like at church you know we'll get a song and they're like oh yeah this is a prophetic song and there are no elements of a song in the song <laughs> it's just two or three lines and then we keep on repeating it with people doing atrocious harmonies that's all and then it's like yeah that's it and I'm like I don't see that art in the bible I don't see the song uh, song of songs being that um, relaxed or not relaxed, but being that unconcerned with it being art, mm. you know, like songs is is poetry. Like this mm. guy is going in, you know, uh, Psalms. You see that David goes in, or the songwriters go in, and they're like structuring really, really mm-hmm. great art. Um, and and you know, I think. For me, that's yeah. I, I get, I get what I get what you mean in, in that terms. I know more wanted to say yeah, something. Even so. like lamentations and stuff, where each verse yeah, yeah. is a poem with a specific oh. amount of lines, yeah. and spe- and it's just like you don't just get this by accident. No, and it's there's there's been serious concentration and work yeah. that has been put into it. Yeah, and you see, circular artists they take the time to do stuff. Eminem will take his time to craft bars. You know, you get he. I was watching an interview with him and he has boxes full of bars and he's just like he gets a bar he has to write it down he'll write it down he has to bend it he has to do this and he works on these things like circular artists work on this and that's why they're they're as good as they are it's mm-hmm. not half the time it's not because they saw their soul to the devil <laughs> it's because they actually put they work in and they know that they can't afford to slip up no hmm. and they were Christians it's like we're doing it for good so what so like what we do is okay it's not okay. And that's the <laughs> thing, it's like, I know the Christians, there's an element of, are you anointed to do this? Mm. And that's that's very important in terms of, you can have the best flow, best everything, but if you're not anointed to do that, then you're just going to be striving in your own might and not necessarily walking in the way that God, God has for you. Mm. Um, I think it was... Um, Jackie Hill Perry mm-hmm. who said when she, after she got married she had to sit down and seriously think like yes I've got this amazing flow this and that but what if God's will for my life now 
it's just to be a mum. Will I be content with that? Mm. And that's something that, as Christian artists or whatever, we need to bear in mind. Um, are we in God's will? Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do it. Mm. And to a degree, live off it. Mm. Are we? Is this what God has called me to do? And if so, by all means, yes, you're anointed to do it, but that doesn't mean you should be lazy with it. Yeah. You should definitely pour in um, everything into it. Um, I was going to ask you a question. Yes, my question is, what makes you think you're good? Mm. <laughs> um, that one's there. Okay. <laughs> because you said you write for other people. Yeah. So my initial thoughts was that then you must be getting a validation from other people. Not so much, my brother. Not, val- not yeah, validation. Yeah, yeah. I get like, what you mean. In terms of thinking that you're good, that must be coming from other people. No, I'm just checking the I'm just checking the uh, recorder. Um, that's a hard question. Why do I think I'm good? Partly from the reactions mm-hmm. I get from other people. Mm-hmm. Partly from the reactions I get from myself when I'm writing something, mm. and then you know deep down in your heart, this is a wow. <laughs> and it's yeah, and I think it's just a mix of it's it's like a mix of those two, mm-hmm. and a mix of just wanting to better my craft mm-hmm. and okay so what's the question again why do I think I'm good why? Yeah. what what has come together to make you to reassure you that you are good well a lot of things like the fact that Peter invited me to, to the cartographers <laughs> yeah. mm. if I wasn't bad I don't think I would have got that absolutely not, <laughs> got no. that and yeah I think it's just a mixture of um, people saying that I'm good me thinking that I'm good and inspiring other people to write a few stuff that I've written. Mm. Okay. Because mm. I see an issue there. What's the issue? Um, when I, when Peter asked me to join the cartoon, I, I didn't think I was good. I thought, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot, but I didn't think I'm good. And now, looking back then, I wasn't. Because when I wrote, I didn't edit. I would pick up a pen and just be like, all right, this is in my mind. Boom. Poem done. I'm leaving it. Next page. Mm. I wouldn't go back to it. I wouldn't tweak it. I wouldn't edit. I despise editing. Mm. But now I'm more than comfortable sitting with one, two, three lines for a whole week, just working on it, churning it. And then from there, working, like, using that as a springboard to kind of go forward. Um, so I think I was a bit lazy with my craft and goes back to Christian listen like yeah I'm doing it for God whatever comes in my mind I'll just do it oh I don't but, think so um, the reason I said I find a slight issue um, not even an issue but just picking it apart mm-hmm. is, is because your then your validation is coming from others in terms of primarily it's like I've been to places, I've recited poems, and the crowd has been silent. But just because it's silent doesn't mean that the poem wasn't good. And I come off second-guessing myself, realising that I came on expecting something from them to validate my presence there. And I've realised as well that it's it's exactly as you said. Um, 
it's exactly as you said it's, it's like their reaction so you write for their reaction there's a lot of wordplay in what you write no, they used to, uh, um, they now used to there be, isn't now, now there, there isn't. isn't when you're writing poetry there was a lot of wordplay in it and that's what gassed people up it was that's what gassed people up because I'm an entertainer I like to entertain people so it's like literally you could be talking I'm not saying that you were but in general you could be talking gobbledygook so long as it's got some sort of a rhythm and like a wordplay with it it's like people are going to get gassed over it like that um Little Wayne try lifestyle. Mm, mm. Like you don't know half of what I said. But it's like it's catchy and people are guessing it because of it. And I've learned for myself in which this this is for me personally. If I find my validation in anything outside of Christ I have an issue. I think I know you have a rebuttal, but I think that I get completely what you mean. But I think that speaks to the integrity of the pet of the writer, mm-hmm. in the sense of um, where, like, for Robert, and I know you're going to respond um, for yourself, but where you know there's a lot of emphasis on wordplay and stuff like that, feeding off of the reaction you get from the crowd or noticing and acknowledging the reaction you get from the crowd doesn't have to be a source of validation. It could just be a source of um, measuring how well the poem goes down um, and how well that written piece is is, um, is acceptable, is understood by an mm-hmm. audience. I think for it, it speaks, the person, the writer himself, needs to be able to not have that as a source of validation mm-hmm. because then you go someplace and you don't get that reaction and then you're, you're like you, like you said you're, you're, you're second guessing yourself am mm-hmm. I even supposed to be doing this well I think when you don't hold that as your source of validation mm-hmm. but you do acknowledge it if you don't get the mm-hmm. if you don't get the, well, the applause fair enough mm-hmm. if you do fair enough mm-hmm. but I think then that doesn't become the end or be of yeah. I don't know you consider no, something you that. Okay. what are you going to say alright so let's go into this <laughs> so firstly I think there are two types of poems in this world. It's poems you write for yourself, poems you write for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we've come to call those poems you write for other people, spoken word. Because mm-hmm. poetry, you just just write down. And like with poetry, if you share poetry, it's almost like, it's almost as if someone's like looking over your shoulder as you're writing. Mm-hmm. But then with spoken word, it's more like, this is what it's I've written. Performance. It's mm-hmm. a performance. Let me show it. Yeah. So, I don't do the first kind. I don't. I don't really write for myself, and if I do, it's nothing I would ever share with with anybody because mm. that's for me. <laughs> not saying there is anything. Not saying there's not not anything, but you know. So the stuff that I write, like stuff for spoken word, mm-hmm. that's to be to be enjoyed by others. Yeah. Like to write something to perform it in um, for a crowd, and doing it for you and not for them. I think it's a bit conceited mm. because like you go on that stage and it's almost like you're saying this is what I'm doing I want everyone to see what I'm doing mm. and it should be more I want to share this with you mm-hmm. I want you to enjoy the fruits of my labour mm. kind of thing and yeah I'm I've always been very self-critical so I wouldn't put out anything that I first didn't think was good mm-hmm. so what I think about pieces is more important 
in a sense than what they think about a piece. It's it's it's, it's a bit paradoxical, kind mm. of, because I write for others, but I have to like it. It needs to get it all clear from the yeah. before. Mm. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And that's my fault. No problem. And I grew up in the grime era. Yeah. And grime was all about gas. Gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, me as a poet, it was almost like I'm a poet that was a grime head in a past life. Mm. So I've got that grime influence of trying to get audience engaged, get them excited. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, that's why a lot of my poems were very, like, wordplay, metaphorical, because I know that's what people like, that's what people that's, that's what gets mm-hmm. people guessed and <laughs> sorry um, that's what gets, gets gets people guessed so I used to do what I knew would get a, 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 a reaction out of people, out of people not in a bad way in a good way because I wanted them to enjoy themselves whilst listening to me mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than listening to someone and like not enjoying what they're doing or anything. fair enough so you have to yeah and as as like a spoken word artist, it's like you and the audience, you're like waltzing together mm. and, 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 and like you're leading the waltz. So mm. you have to waltz in such a way that they're going to enjoy what you're doing. You can't be stepping on their toes. You can't be going at three different directions at once. <laughs> mm. It's all about, you know, making it nice and lovely, even if what you're talking about isn't, isn't nice and lovely. Nice and lovely. Mm. Oh, hey, I hate you. And yeah, it is. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I need I need to provide some clarification in terms of I mean, I wasn't saying acknowledging or even respecting the audience's um recept- <laughs> receiving or receiving yeah. or reception of your piece mm. is wrong. It's a case of um it's I think it's part of of, of any artist's craft yeah. to be able to read the audience's reaction to your work. Mm-hmm. If you're writing a happy piece and the people are, end up crying, then th- there's a problem somewhere. Unless the piece was just so sick it just bored them to tears. <laughs> unless that. Unless that. I would say that as an artist, your primary, your your primary thing is is, is your audience, because. Are you really an artist if there's no one to appreciate your work, or, or if, if anyone doesn't appreciate your work? I'll, I'll challenge that mm-hmm. with the question: Why are fish colourful, or why are coral reefs colourful? Because that's how God created them to be. Yeah, and I think God created them like that because He is an artist, and He didn't say He created them that for the audience's pleasure; He created them that for His pleasure, and it was about Him. Acknowledge because unless we go there and switch on lights, we don't actually even see it. No one sees it apart from him knowing that down there it's like really beautiful and really colorful. Mm. And I think he made that for himself. Mm. And yeah, I was literally about to say the same because you don't become an artist when someone sees your work, you become an artist when you're doing your specific or your art. So if you're painting and no one actually sees your painting, you're still painting and you're still an artist. That. Because <laughs> you can play footballer doesn't mean that no you can play football doesn't make you a footballer. But we our definition of a footballer someone who gets paid for it. Yes or no? Yes. But someone who's playing football, uh, five a side every Saturday, 
is essentially doing what a footballer does just without the money. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's still not footballer. Yeah, but even though, yeah, but playing playing football five aside and playing for a team that you're getting paid and endorsed to play for that team, it's not. I don't necessarily see it as the the financial rewards or the recognition that makes you that because more than likely the person who's playing on the pitch was playing five aside on a Saturday when he was younger. Mm. Mm. No, but I think I think the thing is you can't call yourself a footballer. Other people can call you a footballer, but you can't say yeah I'm a footballer. And just because you say you're a footballer, it depends it on how you use the, how you use the phrase. Footballers dedicate, that's that's their life. They dedicate time into it. They train, they do everything. Mm. If you're doing that, if you, that's why I said I won't call myself a poet because I don't pour all of my energies into, po- into poetry. I am working on improving myself, but all my energies aren't going into it. That's not where I find my identity. And that's not the only thing I feel, I feel I've been called to. I'm pouring my energy into different things. That's what I say, I'm just me. But if I'm pouring all of my energies into playing football, I'll say, yeah, I'm a footballer. I'm, I'm looking for a team or something like that. It's not... It, I guess it all depends on your grasp, well, the person's grasp of the English language and the way they're using it. So I would classify anyone who's doing any sort of art whether seen or unseen as an artist. So, if you're writing poems and no one really sees it, I'll say, yeah, you're still, whether or not, it's like you don't become a poet once you hit the stage. Mm. You're a poet before you've hit the stage. And you only put it on display once you hit the stage. Mm. Again, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. Because, I don't know, with my, like, art, mm-hmm. art is art when people see it, kind of thing. But art, hey, you, you said Daidara and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Daidara and, uh, so sorry. So sorry kind of art thing where art has to be an explosion and a bang, it has to be seen, or oh. <laughs> Daidara and Sasori are references to Naruto, right? <laughs> It's like, because we're still kids here. If you see your work, isn't someone seeing it? Or do you mean someone other than yourself? Someone other than the original artist? Someone other than the original artist. I don't necessarily see that as the turning moment. Because I see it as you are who you are before other people see it. So you don't think you have to prove yourself that you're what you say you are before you can call yourself what you say you are? Well, to who? Just to 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 everyone. And people's perspectives are all subject to opinion. Because in in that sense, because I I tend I agree I think I, I lean towards um, Mo's opinion in the sense of we uh, as you said earlier on you know not everyone likes music or not everyone likes a certain type of genre of music mm. right so then if you're a grime artist and this uh, you make grime music mm-hmm. but then you come across a man who is a classical person and he doesn't appreciate or he doesn't consider grime as music or even even even, even uh, less uh, polarizing is Wayne, Little Wayne's lifestyle whatever <laughs> right? there are people who consider that music 
Then people consider that, yeah, this is the hot new thing. This is, you know, Oscar, Grammy, I don't know who gets what awards for what nowadays. But then there are people that consider that music. If there are people that don't consider that music, is he no long, Is he not still an artist? I think as, as long as some people consider that you are... What, you if you don't, what if you don't find anyone that does? The world's big enough that you'll find at least one person. <laughs> now you're being wishy-washy. <laughs> not because, even. No, that's, 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 that's exceedingly hopeful that you'll... I mean, it, no, obviously, statistically, there's definitely going to be someone that likes what you do. And there's definitely going to be someone that appreciates what you do. But um, that's still... It's, it's... I think relying on that to then be considered or consider yourself an artist is... Is, is dangerous and I think that's mm-hmm. not the right way to approach it only because I think so my whole opinion on creativity is actually that because we are made in God's image and God is a creator God is the creator mm-hmm. we are creative and so I find everyone in their own right is creative in some mm-hmm. way means or form right in the sense even if I'm to look at the way we speak I choose a certain set of words to express myself that you don't choose. And you choose certain sets of words to express yourself that he doesn't choose. And we've got poetry as this name for things that uh, we write and we've, you know, they've got certain structure and got certain devices. But if we look at it, the fact that I'm using words to express myself in and of itself is poetry or is art. And well, everyone, every, no, every, yeah, well, you know. My sentences <laughs> are poems. Ev- everyone's <laughs> got a unique way of expressing themselves and thus, Everyone, if I'm to use the term generally, is a poet because everyone has a way of expressing themselves. Each conversation is a stanza. There you go. <laughs> now, I, obviously, I get what you mean, and I think maybe the clarification should come between being a performance artist mm-hmm. and then being maybe just an artist or whatever. Because I think we are all creative by nature. I think that's how God created us. We are in His image. We will create, even if it's creating a new sentence. We're all creating. But I think for you to consider yourself maybe a performance poet or a stage poet or a performing musician or whatever. There's a group of people that can only say that because they are performing or because they are putting their art on sale or because of whatever. There's that classification, I get that. But I think an artist in an in its intrinsic sense is everyone and anyone. I think that's the wishy washy. <laughs> I think that's wishy washy. <laughs> But to be to um to be fair, whenever someone's I come across someone and say, Oh, you should write poetry I'm like, Oh no, I don't know how to write poetry. I say everyone can write poetry. <laughs> so it's yes, it's a bit hypocritical. But you know, you have to try and get them into it somehow. I think it's easy to like we've maybe you've got grades of poets and obviously we there are poets that we like and poets that we don't like. You know, there um even as poets there are poets that we like and the poets that we don't like. So fair enough. But I think I, I genuinely see it as every individual is creative in their own way. It might not be poetry, it might not be painting, but I think the fact that there are no two identical people or no two people can create Ooh. an identical thing, I think that has to be some sort of individuality to the individual. I think that is art. I think that is... God seeing his art in yeah, us. Yeah, that's art, but that's the art that God's created. It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and it's I not. think 
we express those those pieces of art. The Bible says we are his poems. Uh, I forget where. I forget where. But well, it says we are his um, works of art, and the Greek word is poema. The same word we, we get poem from, um, and we are God's poems. So I think we are expressions of God's art, and I think that's why he can say that we are created in His image, because I don't look like Mo, but then we are both created in God's image, and I think part of that is the fact that we are both we are all and each creative, because we are created by a Creator. How did my phone go from three percent to turning off? It died. From three percent. It was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would. Um, I think Peter and myself are on the same wave. My wife is entering into the room. Hey. And my daughter. Hey, yeah. Maybe Jimmy can 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 weigh in. Yeah. What do you think defines an artist? Do you think an artist? No, 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 no. Question. <laughs> what do you think defines an artist? Their ability to create. Their ability to create. Well, can you can you expand on that a bit? Nah, so <laughs> no, it's just snatch your answer out here. Oh. Well, the what's the the debate was? Um, one person said. Robert said. <laughs> Robert said, an artist is not is not an artist until another person appreciates their work. No, 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 not not appreciates. Or sees like sees their work in, in, so in some if capacity. You, if you're uh, writing poems and no one else sees your poetry, you're not a poet. If you're painting and no one else sees your painting, you're not a painter. I disagree. High five. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is the same philosophical question. If a tree falls and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a, a sound. Tree still, yeah. Yes, it makes a sound. It's a tree. Yeah. Isn't that right, Leah? I was actually Leo. thinking about that as well. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna say hi to the people there, Leah? No. No. Okay, you're looking at the light. You're looking at the light, but you're not saying hello. Yeah. Um, so do you guys have a favourite poet? Who's your favourite poet? I don't, I don't actually have a favourite poet but I've got a poet that's affected me the most or that's influenced okay. my style the most and that's uh, Shane Kreiser He's a Canadian poet oh, hey, he's, yeah. super, he's, 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 he's a few different types of crazy But you know that guy yeah. In terms of myself um I'm not just saying this because she's in the room. Yeah, yeah, she is. <coughs> bars, just I'm not, the same. I'm not <laughs> saying that's just bars. But when I first, my wife inspired my first poem. Love at first poetry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't love. It wasn't love. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I remember I was the story. I sending shots. I was sending shots at her. I remember the story. But actually. yeah, um, I've tried to mimic just her imagery. Mm. and try to work that into it but in terms of performance poets that have really impacted me I'm going to say everyone on the Humble Beast record label yeah. so, past, present and future <laughs> so that's Propaganda Odd Thomas Odd Thomas um, Braille um Jackie Hill Perry oh, okay, and does. Jay Givens. Yeah. Five of them are some dope poets. And it's a case of yeah. um, the way 
I'm inspired not just by their poetry, but by the diligence they put into their work, mm. by the ethos behind the Humble Beast label itself, even just that name, Humble Beast. Shout out Humble Beast. Just that name alone, like, I'm a humble, but I'm still a beast at what I do. <laughs> like, that's, that, that inspires me to pour in as much as I can without taking much note of myself. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. just because we didn't actually introduce Jamila, so yeah. the suddenly you're gonna edit this out, right? No, 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 no. what? Why not? Because it's too much work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the the lady's voice you, you heard is uh, Jamila Wisdom Buckle. Is it Buckle Wisdom or Wisdom Buckle? Wisdom Buckle. Wisdom Buckle. Uh, Mo's Mo's wife and the baby that you cannot hear, but there's looking all types of cute stuff <laughs> in here is Leia. Uh, my goddaughter, by the way. <laughs> I just feel like I have to. Be like, yeah. What about you? What's your favorite artist? Who's your favorite artist? Ooh, my favorite. He's a Japanese guy. Of course. Yes. Haikus. No, 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 no. This guy. Straight anime. What's his name? The guy that wrote. The way I No, his name is Haruki Murakami. All right. All right. Okay. And no, this this is gonna sound bad, yeah. It, that name just reminds me of Hiro um, Nazamaki or whatever his name is from Hiro. Oh, Hiro Nakamura. Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, I'm such a geek. I'm such a geek. Yeah, we know. Oh well, he's he's more of an author than he is a poet. Right. But he's written my favorite poem in the whole entire world. It's called "On Seeing the Hundred Percent Perfect Girl." No, oh, right. okay, okay. And like, like before I saw that poem. I thought poetry had to be so complex. You had to have metaphors and this and that and yeah. da 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 And this guy just came and used like simple language and just he told the most beautiful story. Mm. It was so sad. It touched me. What's his name again? Hiroki Murakami. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll, I'll say in the piece. He's a, he's a lot like um, Shane Koyan right. in that he uses like very simple. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't like try 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 to like drown you in like. Poetic devices and stuff. Yeah. Jamelia, since you're here. Hi. I think I know who she's going to say about letter shit. Please don't say it. What am I going to say? I'm not going to say it. Please say it. I want to know if I'm right. You're incorrect. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The woman is always right as well, by the way. (laughs) Just so you know. I don't don't have a favourite poet. I like a lot of different poets for different things. Um, And I think the reason why I don't really have a favourite poet is because I don't want to listen to someone so much that I want to be like them and like mm-hmm. try to emulate them. So mm-hmm. I like to listen or read um, people with different styles to kind of challenge me to do different things. But my first introduction to poetry was Maya Angelou by my mum. Mm-hmm. And that was my first poetry book. Which poem was it? It was, she had the whole book, she had the whole collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so she used to just read me poetry before bed. Mm. Do you have everyone out of the book? Um, everybody says Still I Rise, which <laughs> this is the latest one. I can't remember the names of them. Um, but there was also another, this book that my nan bought me from Jamaica by this woman called Louise Bennett. 
and she mm-hmm. writes in patois. So I used to have okay. so much fun, like just doing patois in the house because it was like not allowed. Um, <laughs> my mum was like, "You can't speak patois in the house," but it was poetry, so I got to practice my accent and uh, learn other ways to write poetry. So that's cool. Trying to do something for us now? No, no, no. So but check her out. You know, <laughs> her works online and stuff. Mm. Okay, here's a question. What do you think makes a bad poet? Huh. Mm. That's a good question. Oof. Are you moving to the right because you have something to say? Oh, no. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is serious. <laughs> I think... So I'll give, I'll give the answer in two parts, for me anyway. I think it's, it comes down to what we were saying earlier on about the idea of someone being good or bad being subjective in the minds of the audience. Mm. So I can think someone's a bad poet and another person can love what they do. Mm -hmm. I think Lil Wayne's lifestyle is a travesty to music. (laughs) But, you know, some people think it's award-winning. Right. But don't you think the fact that it's so catchy means that's a good song? No. No. (laughs) Because, you see, that's the thing. Like, then some people's... um, some people's measure by which they they or some people's yardstick by which they measure how good it is is how catchy is it, right? But then I don't measure music like that. It's how much does it speak to me? Ooh. I can't even hear what you're saying <laughs> for it to speak to me, right? So that and that's in my opinion. However, I think a bad poet it will go on to the side. I'd move on to the side of the poet himself. How much how much attention do you pay to your craft, or how much heart do you put in your craft? How much um. Not necessarily time, but actually how much are you devoting yourself to creating and to your craft? If you're not doing that as much and you're doing so flippantly as like, I can just put some words together and it's cool, then you're a bad poet. I think if you're not respecting the craft as it should be respected... But what if you're just naturally good at poetry? I don't think that's an excuse. Really? (laughs) Yeah. You know what, some... uh, I think we're listening to... Uh, the history of rap or something like that 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 mm. film we watched that. and then someone's like yeah I'm so good I don't even write bars and I was like yeah it shows <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. like you might think I think that, that's the thing maybe I need to go back and edit my pieces or I need to go over each poem and then tweak it maybe that's my process but I'm devoting myself to it if you don't need to tweak it and you can just write it one time that might be your process. How much are you devoting to it? So what, what I mean by that is you're not just... You're not just right... Like, you should care about the craft. That's what I mean. You could be good and just write one time and you just do one-shot pieces and they are perfect. Fine. But if you don't care about it, then I think you're a bad poet. And I think that applies to any sort of art. I think you're a bad poet if your poetry sucks. <laughs> But that, isn't that subjective? No. No, sometimes it could just be bad. Some poetry is just bad poetry, okay? Like, if... I'm going to just use myself, okay? You know that you can look back at your work and think, oh, when I wrote this, I thought this was good, but now I'm reading this, is not... Mm. This is not good at all. Like, nobody can ever see this. I'm just going to keep it in the notebook under my bed. I think with any art, the more you do it, the better you should become. Um... But because poetry is so hype at the moment, everybody believes they can be part of the craft. Mm. And because it's getting to that place where there's some names that are more known than other names, and the hype surrounding them leads people to believe that their content matches their hype. Mm. Um, That's hype. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's some people that spend so much time promoting themselves and not enough time improving their craft that um, 
I don't rate your life. Um, life poetically. But everybody's got to start from somewhere. So I think if you can own that it's bad poetry, mm. it means that you want to do better mm. and you want to improve. And I think once you think you're great, you've lost what it, what it means to, to be an artist because I'm looking at me like that. <laughs> 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 Them little shots. She wasn't even here. <laughs> No, I'm guessed. Um, I never, I never, for the record, I never said that was great. I said that was good. <laughs> That's the Semantics. <laughs> My eyes are in the ceiling because um, there's something interesting up there. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. There's, there's lights. Yeah. There's um, like no ratings in this room. Right <laughs> in terms of bad poets, um, you see, like, I would have to look at stage poets and um, page poets because some people might be the lick when it comes to the stage firing off their their bars and it's hitting a spot but you read the same poem on the page and you think to yourself well, what's this guy doing mm-hmm. because they're all performing because it's all about the performance so and then there's other guys who've, who have got amazing pieces on the page but as soon as they recite it, it is lost in translation. I fit into the latter. Not that I have amazing, but it's like my... On the page, everything has a purpose. Where I break lines, where I put commas, everything has a purpose. But I can't really convey that purpose in terms of um, semicolons and stuff and quotations on the, on the stage. And I, just, I need to work on my craft on the stage. But in terms of on the... On the stage, I think you need the voice for it. Sometimes you're you're saying something amazing, but you just don't have the voice. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mate, nah, it's not working for me. I can't even hear what you're saying over your voice. Now, not say something natural as a voice makes you a bad poet, but you kind of need to know what you're working with as Jamelius and, and see how to best work with it. Um, someone who doesn't pay attention to his craft, someone who doesn't pay attention to his weaknesses and his strengths and try to best work with it, I think you're bad. Um, it's like being in the army. If you're not consistently training, trying to better yourself, you're a bad soldier. And you're going to be caught off guard when the enemy comes through. Sniper This is it. This is it. <laughs> and it's just that if if you're not paying attention to your areas of weakness and where you can improve, then you're bad at your craft, um, and you're just kind of walking blindly. If you're driving on a flat tire and you're not stopping to fix it, then why well, you should be reevaluating? You should be driving. All right, poet, Why if you have run flats? Huh? What if you have run flats? Then that means your tires were were built to, to drive like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've just lost the car. <laughs> um, well, I'm saying, I'm saying, saying if, like if if you're if if you're actively not looking at your craft and trying to improve, because no one is perfection. That there's nothing you can improve, it's art. There's always something you can tweak. If you're not constantly trying to learn and grow, you're stagnant. And at that moment in town, you're a bad poet. I hear that, I hear that. I think what makes a bad poet someone who can't connect with his audience. 
whether it be written. Well, if it's written, you're not going to connect with everyone because anyone can read your poetry. Mm. So, yeah. But if, like, you've, you've, you've like, written for a certain demographic of, of, of people and it, it can't even connect with them, mm. then you're a bad poet. If, I don't think you mean you agree with it. Mm, do you know what, Robert? I feel like I just disagree with a lot of things that you say. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's just like a normal start of my life that I just want to be in opposition to you. Default. <laughs> Default position. No, like, no, Wait, no, hold Robert. On, I object. I object to your whole um, No, I don't object to the whole thing. I think for me oh, oh, personally, oh. so this is a personal, does not apply to everybody, okay, disclaimer. Um... I try not to write for an audience because I think it stifles me. Yeah. So yeah. Just, we're we're against. Yeah. I know, that's right. <laughs> I know. But then I think that's what differentiates our style of writing. Mm. I think I write out of a, a certain place and then if I write something that I think oh, other people will get this, then that's a poem I will bring to an audience. Sometimes they're not going to get it, but I feel like they should be challenged in their minds to, right. to accept higher levels <laughs> of poetry and Just to interject here, do you really come across like just there? You know the person in the classroom that we're all solving a question in a book, and a guy goes like, "Teacher, there's a problem with the question. There's a problem yes, with the book. There's a like, problem with the book. There's a problem with the book. Not me. Not me. It's the problem with the book. It's the book. That's how you came across right there." I will accept that. I will hold my hand up to it. Well, the worst one is when the teacher goes like, oh, yes, there is a problem. <laughs> These ones, I've solved it and calculated and got an answer. It's like, mm, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is? Because I think you, you can do the same piece in a, a bunch of different places and get totally different, different reactions. Responses, and you, that's why I feel like you can't judge the success of your piece based on the audience reaction. Sometimes I do a piece and there's been times I've been on stage and like there's silence, yeah? Like when they're supposed to be clapping mm. and there's quiet and I'm like, okay, that well that bombed. Mm. Um, let me just get off the stage now. But then after people be like, Oh, your poem was so deep that I couldn't mm. clap, like I was just in the moment. Mm. But then there's other pieces like other places I go do the same piece and they're talking over me and they're like getting all excited to the point I have to restart a stanza a couple couple of times. So it de- it depends. But I, I found when I try to write for what I think is going to be good for an audience, then I overthink it because I'm trying to do wordplay that's like, like I'm trying to be an MC or something. something. Yeah, like I'm trying to not be myself to be accepted by people that I don't care if they accept me because I just want to be true to me. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's just how I feel about it. Mm. That's how I feel. Um, I think I think there's no shade, no shade. <laughs> I well, think I, I, you should have been here from the start. <laughs> you did invite me. Yeah? I'm just the wife. I'm just the mother of your child. So. Damn. <laughs> see what I got to No, I think if you could see me, you'd think he's very blessed. Effort <laughs> me of grace right here. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you there's see my face. there's a there's a place. For, for both because I find myself like when I write sometimes I'm writing and sometimes like like I said to you earlier on I write for myself and it's just me and you know that much is for me and I think one poet said you know your first draft is like a is for yourself 
the second draft is a compromise, the third is for the audience. And I think when I'm writing, normally my first one's for me. And that would just be something that I will understand. Like, no one actually will get those pieces except for me. But then when I when I know I'm going to perform it or I know there's an event coming up and I want to perform my piece, I edit it and I structure it to such a way that they will get it. And I think when those things, when that process is narcissistic and I want applause or I really want, or that's all I focus on, then it's a problem. But when I'm editing and I'm structuring it so that they get it. Mm-hmm. That isn't, I don't think that's bad. I think that's necessary in the same way as Paul or Jesus would preach in such a way as the people who was preaching to would get it. Sometimes you've got something to say to these people mm-hmm. and you structure it for them and you're writing for them. I think that's fair enough. Um, I would like to say that Jesus purposefully spoke in ways people didn't understand. In ways sometimes you didn't understand, yes, yes. Yeah, all the parables and stuff like and that. And I think that's yeah. why, because what I've found about poetry is like, you can write something and then somebody else yeah. will read it and get something totally different yeah. than what you intended. Yeah. But I think that's what makes poetry beautiful is that if your overall message is still kept in some way, but people can interpret different lines and it leads them to different places. It's almost like a like a sharing of experiences through words. Mm. You know? Yeah. But yeah, no, editing... We went to a workshop the other day and the guy said editing is where real writing starts. Mm. And he goes... He said that um, if you don't write because you're scared of not being a good writer, you'll just become good at not writing. Jeez. Oh, I just click. It's not my quote, that's but true. you know... Gotcha. It hit me. Yeah, editing is so important. Mm. Yeah. That that first draft, it's like you know when you've got like a like a clay sculpture. It's like it's looking like something, yeah, but you, you can't really tell. Just got it in a shape. Yeah, a silhouette. And you have to take the scalpel and just start cleaning away. Get details. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah. I'll be excusing myself at this time. Um, continue. So, I might be back. Edit your work. Um, <laughs> it's kind of this 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 episode became like a workshop for yeah, poetry. <laughs> edit your work. Don't get cocky. Um, be humble. Um, what? Be a beast. Be a beast. Yeah, be, a, be a humble beast. <laughs> right there. Now, if I, I, I'll, I'll say this now, yeah. And if Brayley, like, or Thomas, if you not hear this, you want to shout me, get at me, yeah? Me too. Get at me. I, but, bought, I bought your stuff. <laughs> it's like, nah, Spotify, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> That honesty right there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I want to buy it, but funds minimal. Spotify is hooking up right now. I'm sure Humble Beast, they give their stuff away for free. Oh, they give their stuff away, but, but they've got some stuff that they sell as well. Yeah, no, uh, yeah they've got some stuff that they sell, and plus, um, they're doing like high-quality stuff for free. Mm. They're running an actual record label as a ministry, so it's paying for the stuff kind of feeds back into it yeah. mm. and helps them continue to be able to um, produce good quality music like uh, I really appreciate all the stuff that they've been doing it's like it's their full time job and they're not getting paid from it so the only way they can get paid is I'm going on tours um, selling merchandise you guys come to London man come to London for real you don't have to listen to this they're probably not listening to this If if anyone listens to this that listens to Humble Beast like tweet them tell them that 
us guys in London, we're, we're hungry for them, mate. I mean, this podcast is going to be big one day. Everyone's going to listen to it. Amen to that. But yeah, no, if that humble beast is that one, I just love the ethos. I love the the approach. I love the mindset behind it. And just that drive. Um, mm. If, if yeah. Okay, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could create a collective of writers, you can pick... Let's make it four, including yourself. They could be poets, they could be writers. And then you, you were able to create a collective. Who would be the four in your group? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't think... Um, yeah, I don't know. You didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about it. I'm thinking about it. Do you, do you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't include myself. No, you have to include yourself. You're. I have to. Yeah. Okay. Then no. that's that's three places. No, left. no, no. It's you. You plus four. <laughs> plus another four. You plus four. I'll pick Shaw Baraka. Okay. That's interesting. I'll pick Shaw Baraka. <laughs> I would pick propaganda. <laughs> I know. Little baby layers. It's like. <laughs> I'll pick um, propaganda. Again, I'm going to the humble beast guys. Well, fair enough. I would go for a Thomas. He's the last one. <laughs> so I got me, Shaw Baraka, Propaganda, or Thomas. I'm not gonna say Jay Givens, even though I really like his work. Um, oh, bless you. <laughs> those are the only three I can think of right now. You got one more. Alright, come back to me. Okay. Peter, you're up. What's the question? I just pointed at you. Okay. If you can create a collective of poets, <laughs> or writers, or rappers, or whatever, four people, including yourself, including yourself, it makes it five. <laughs> Is this dead or alive? I just don't ask. Yeah, let's make it dead or alive. Alright. I'm also going to pick a dead person. Too <laughs> far. That's that's like one of the obvious ones to go for. I think my last person would be J. Cole. Jeez. Okay. Cold world. Oh, I'm going to go into that beef again. <laughs> I, don't I, was, I was thinking between Kendrick or J. Cole, but you know what, J. Cole. J. Cole's the way forward. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And all of them, I picked them because... Odd Thomas is his flow like his mm, just mm. it's just <laughs> it's just crazy. Um Shaw Baraka just Shaw Baraka and uh, Propaganda are kinda like on the same wave. They're very social. Socially and culturally aware, I'm not saying the rest aren't. But yeah man, tell them, tell them. Tell them yes. But it's like they they've got a good mesh between the Christian world and just social issues mm. and J. Cole because yeah nah he's, he's, he's dope Peter up uh, okay I thought Jamila was going to say something no would you like me to do mine do you need time do you need thinking time I've got my list though. okay go ahead <laughs> spit that out so for me it would be Esso okay Esso 
Eminem. Okay. <laughs> nice. Shane Quaison. I was going to say Eminem, but okay. Shane Quaison. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The guy that created Sherlock Holmes. So this is just this is just writers, <laughs> isn't it? It's just oh. writers. But like, because Sherlock Holmes, that character, I don't, I've, dope. I've like related to him since I first picked up his book in primary school. Like, it's just like, this is my guy. So Arthur Conan Doyle, um, Shane Coison, Eminem, and Esso. Oh, interesting. You lot, you guys? Alright, do you want to go first? No, please, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'd pick a little, little um, Jasmine Men's. Okay, okay. Formerly of Stripe as well. She is too hard, man. Blood, I totally forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot Andre 3000, yeah. Andre 3000. He's a guy! I totally forgot Andre 3000. Oh, actually, no. What I pick? I might pick. Okay, um, let's bring Andre 3000. Let's put him on the side, that's just for now. <laughs> so, Jasmine, I picked Drake. Drake is just a wizard. At what? what Drake is a wizard at what he does. Uh uh-uh. uh. I would pick Chip over Drake. No. Drake has made cheesy cool, but anyway, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Drake is a wizard. It's all about that hotline bling, isn't it? He's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wizard. Who else? I'd pick Neo. He's prolific. Fair enough. He's like the best songwriter. One of the best. He's, He's actually quite good. So Jasmine Mans, Neo. Drake, and to balance this up. One more step. And, and to balance this up. Ooh. The silence is riveting. <laughs> Hold on. Drake, Jasmine. So, Jasmine, with Jasmine, I've got that conscious in there, that, that conscious spirit mm. in there. Mm. With Drake, he's got, got that emotional roller coaster. Yeah, he's just going to get you calling up your ex. Just. <laughs> Someone have a Dell. Hello. <laughs> Neil comes with that lyricism, and then I just need someone who can just stunt and be speak hard. <laughs> Lil Wayne. Rick Ross. Oh, oh my God. Rick Ross. <laughs> All you want him to do is just. Oh. <laughs> Rick Ross. What's the point of time? Oh. <laughs> In, in honesty, I've got so many friends that say that Rick Ross makes them feel like a boss. He does. They just go in. He does. <laughs> get some hype. Fair enough. Well, Meek knows I'm a boss. Just, just a heart. <laughs> not after that, Drake. We have no beef now. Like, yeah. Rick will lose his all ratings. Bro, that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> Babes, yours? Um, I would pick Ed Sheeran. Fair enough. Alicia Harris. Okay. Also of the Strive as well. Um, Eminem. Respect. And Nas. Nice. You know what, yeah? Sorry, I'm, I'm going to be nice, cheeky. Nice. I'm, I'm going to be cheeky. <laughs> nice, either. I'm going to be cheeky, yeah? I'm There's no pick, more spaces on your team. I'm a pick. Fresh one, yeah? I'm a pick. Old, <laughs> I'm a pick. Old school Kanye. Oh, okay, okay. Before okay. you got nuts, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from like um, <laughs> college dropout days. Okay, okay. I'm a pit old school Lupe. Okay. From um, <laughs> Lupe is still doing. He's, he's still, still doing, doing it. Yeah, I haven't. But the thing is, I haven't heard his stuff now. Yeah. I thought, no, now he. I, I think he knows that he's smart, and then mm. he acts like he's smarter than he is. Mm. Mm. 
I've, I've, I follow him on Twitter and I see his like um, Psychology Sunday stuff and I can't really <laughs> follow it too tough so I'm just like you know half of what he says might go over my head so um, the call um, um, I tweeted one song Free Chili oh, yeah. what's the album called? There was Food and Liquor there was oh, what's it called? Wasn't the call? I think it was the call. Lupe from the call. Um, Andre 3000. Respect? Yes, Andre 3000. Now, then, whatever. <laughs> Andre 3000. It's dope. No. I would have Lauren Hill as my backup. Lauren I was, I was, about, I was about to drop Erica yeah. Badu. Lauren Hill. That's Before the tax evasion stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These are all like proper time I'm limited. <laughs> I want the artist in this era. <laughs> I'm not in that era. You're tired. No one said most deaf. I've never listened to most deaf. No, most deaf. Most I've listened to one song from him. Most deaf. Talib Kweli. Um, them them guys went in. As I said as well, Kanye back in college dropout days, he he used to go in. Mm. Um, Kanye still goes in though. Kanye what? goes in on a madness. Yeah. Kanye needs in, in to a go different way. In a different way. Kanye needs to go into the psychiatrist. Like, no, 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 like no. He 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 goes on sway, and then they ask him to freestyle. And man's like, uh oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> what? You ain't got the answers. Sway. How? How sway? <laughs> the amount of memes I've seen from that, yeah. He brought out a homeless clothing line, yeah, and he wants to charge people like four thousand pounds for it. No, but. People will like no. consent for that. People will buy it. Of course, just like people just like they bought the Yeezys. Eh, because they are crazy. And like him, they all belong together. He's not crazy. He, he knows, fam. He knows. I don't think he knows. I think no, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he, he's not crazy. I think, I think there's he's, a bolt that is missing. No. I just feel like he's he's like striving for something, and he does, he's he, he's not quite sure what he's striving he he's striving towards. Alright, I'm taking the princess to bed, guys. Alright. Yeah. Signing up. But I feel like old school Kanye is still about... Have you heard the Weekends album? No. Nah. This is his new one. Like, Kanye produced one of the tracks. Uh, and it was like an old school Kanye feel to it. I think it, he's still in there. He's still in there. Like, family business. Yeah. That song. <laughs> All falls down. Kanye oh, was just sick. Kanye West was, was that guy. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think we should. Yeah, I think we should start wrapping this up. Actually, easy. Yes, this has been going on for over an hour right now. Yeah. So, but I hope you've enjoyed this poetry infused, influenced for real. session. So, yeah. And hopefully, we can get more poetry onto the show, get more performers onto the show, get them to do their thing. Obviously, we can't get any photography on the podcast. Oh, we can. In terms of the podcast itself, we can take pictures and have that as like random pictures and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be creating once uh, once when you guys are listening to this, you probably would have found it either on SoundCloud or iTunes wherever we put it, uh, but also on on the blog on the Ordinary Amazing, there will be a Blacksmith Furnace um, side to it. So we could definitely put pictures up. We could yeah. put anything up there. Yeah, for sure. Do we need to get some guests? So if you want to come and join in and weigh in and just speak your mind, please come. Especially if you're female, because there's just bad guys in this room. You know, <sighs> need some more girls in here. Too many, man. Too many, many. But the thing is, yeah, as well, it's not limited to 
to go. Nah, not even that. It's not limited <laughs> to location. So you could be in America and we can do like a Skype thing. Easy. You could be around the world, we can just quickly do a Skype thing so your voice will be all, you'll be heard. Yeah. And obviously you get to see us, we get to see you, it's going to be a Skype. And yeah, we can just talk. So you don't necessarily have to come to our physical location. Yeah. We can connect somehow and then try to get this podcast done. Easy. Or you can just send in questions and we'll... Yeah. Social Hello, Asa, Andy, um, Andy, you're doing amazing, under the blacksmith friends. Hello, yeah, you should be there. Thank you guys for staying with us till the end. For real. Okay. Enjoy your evening or your morning whenever you listen to this. Whenever you listen to it. Um, make sure you the catch face. Read your Bible. Hey, <laughs>